0: Welcome to the Open House Podcast. Conversations exploring life, faith and hope with Stephen O'Doherty. A report released on Friday, just gone, shows the Australian Government is failing our most vulnerable children almost 30 years after signing the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child. The Children's Report by the Australian Child Rights Task Force was coordinated by UNICEF and uh, more than 90 non-government organisations and child rights experts were involved in it. It has findings from consultations, direct consultations with 527 children and young people in 30 remote, regional and urban locations across Australia. There are 190 recommendations. One of the members of the Australian Child Rights Task Force is the Senior Policy Advisor for Child Rights at World Vision Australia. And that's Mercy Jumo. Welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Stephen, for having me.
0: UNICEF is not judging us well.
1: (laughs) Um, Stephen, I don't think it's UNICEF that's not judging us well. It's the children themselves Mm. that are judging us um, and calling us to book. Because uh, if you uh, look at the report, it's a children's report. And uh, uh, UNICEF went and uh, consulted with children across Australia. And it is the children who are speaking for themselves and saying and telling us what it is uh, that concerns them that's not right in their lives.
0: Yes, tell us a little bit more about the process of compiling this.
1: Um, So, um, UNICEF leads um, a task force of um, children's rights organizations and civil society organizations that work with children. And so they. went um, across the country, sent out questionnaires, did face-to-face interviews with organisations as well as children and uh, compiled that report.
0: So they, I think uh, the consultations included more than 500 children and young people across Australia.
1: Yes, it did, Stephen.
0: Taking it all together, what's the picture that emerges from that?
1: Well, the 527 children are telling us that uh, they feel invisible, irrelevant, and worthless. They are talking about being homeless with 35% of children and young people being homeless in their first year of living care. The children are also telling us that they are experiencing uh, discrimination. They're talking about mental illness with about 23% Mm. of 15 to 19 year olds being uh, recorded as having uh, probable serious mental illness. Mm. We also, you know, are facing issues of suicide amongst our children.
0: Mm.
1: And, uh, you know, it's quite scary that uh, that report should say that suicide is the leading cause of death of children (laughs) in Australia. That is really, really scary.
0: It is scary. And these interviews that were done are built on the work of a large-scale survey, 24,000 students, uh, young people who were were surveyed in that process. The report makes a great deal of the fact that all of those statistics that you've just mentioned – can be magnified, concentrated uh, amongst Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children?
1: Um, yes. Um, so we know um, that um, our Indigenous children experience um, all these um, challenges in, in a magnified w- way, almost mm. five times more mm. than uh, their peers. Mm. And then, you know, that that is surely something that, uh, you know, Australia needs um, to address. So, basically, I just think that uh, we need uh, a coordinated approach. We need to change the way that we've been working to date. We've got a lot of reports. I mean, it's 30 years, even, since Australia signed the Convention on the Rights of the Child. 30 years. And 30 good years down the line, we have an opportunity every five years to present this report or to compile this report. Hmm. And every five years we go to the United Nations with a similar story. The United Nations Committee on the Rights of the Child issues similar recommendations every five years. What is it that we are not doing right? (laughs) So this is where World Vision is saying, we need to work together. We need to come together as a community, as a nation, to have a coordinated approach, a national agenda for children in Australia.
0: Our guest on Open House is from World Vision Australia, the Senior Policy Advisor for Child's Rights, Mercy Jumo. Yes, in welcoming this report, you've, as you say, you've uh, called for people to come together for an agenda. Now, I just want to explore that a little bit more because every five years, as you said, we go to the UN and say, well, we've got a program in place that will do that. And there's a program over here that will attack that. And the latest version of that, I suppose, is closing the gap. But,
1: but, uh, Stephen, I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic that you should say that, you know, we've gone back and at each point we've had a plan, you know. Uh, but the issue is those plans are fragmented.
0: Yeah, I was going to say They're that. They're
1: fractured. Yeah,
0: I don't think we a plan need- is the problem. I, I think it's the fact that we don't even agree on a, on, um, a way of working together. We don't actually even agree on, a, on a, a moral... At a moral and spiritual level, I feel like I want to say, um, we're so divided about policies like children in detention um, or how best to reconcile with our Aboriginal people that any plan that can't be executed by people working together, is going to fail, isn't it?
1: You're absolutely right. But this is where um, the Convention on the Rights of the Child can help us Mm. um, to try and, you know, to set an agenda Mm. for um, children in Australia. It takes leadership. We cannot play political games uh, with our children, and particularly um, the most vulnerable. We need to... There will be disagreements across the divide. But if a government takes it upon themselves to show leadership, it begins there at policy level to make those changes. And I'll point to examples of Sweden. I will also point to very close to home, to New Zealand, where the prime minister has herself taken uh, the responsibility for the children's portfolio. Yes. The Vulnerable Children's yes. Portfolio.
0: Yes.
1: She is in charge of, 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 of looking uh, at how New Zealand protects, provides for children. And so in Australia, similarly in Australia, uh, whether in our homes and in our communities, we, and even within the political field, there may be different voices, but at some point we need to converge on the idea of what is good for children based on simple, basic international standards.
0: Mercy, can you help describe what, they, what things like that would look like?
1: You know, when we are looking at the convention, it's a, it's, a, it's a long document of 54 articles, but one of the principles that we need to be thinking about right now is what is it that we can do to support children And whatever it is that we are doing should always be in the best interest of children. Mm. And so, even as we look at issues like um, asylum seeker children, for example, Mm. on uh, on Nauru, uh, that has been quite a topical Mm -hmm. uh, issue. We need to be thinking, what serves the best interest of the child? How can we come together to protect, to show our stewardship and the duty of care to these vulnerable children. Those are the key questions and the key principles and the values that we need to attach to whatever it is that will become the agenda for children uh, in Australia. You know, we are talking about, um, you know, Nauru. So it it is... uh, the government is clearly violating, you know, the Convention. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. there are about 38 children left on the island. Mm-hmm. And we know that they, um, are a lot of health considerations, that some of them, you know, are, are suicidal, mm-hmm. they are sick. Mm-hmm. The very environment that they are living in is, is, is unpleasant and unhealthy for children. Article 22 um,
0: it, of the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child says... Children who come into a country as refugees should have the same rights as children who have been born in that country.
1: You've got it, Steve. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Well, that is absolutely right. There are and a few so, positive signs
0: yes. this week, though, aren't there?
1: Oh yes, and we, you know we we welcome the um, we welcome the announcement uh, that the children will be home by end of the year. Mm. But again, when we are looking at it, you know from the best interest of the child. World Vision, UNICEF, all these children's advocates are wondering, what are we waiting for? Why do we need to wait to the end of the year? Why can't these children come home to Australia today?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You do hope that it's not so that they can get maximum publicity for a political agenda, but
1: anyway. That is the the saddest thing, uh, Stephen. We cannot afford to play political games with our children
0: we are
1: you know um so these experiences that they have at this tender age you know can have very devastating effects in their adult life and you know it will be a cost to pay why can't we get it right now you know in the early years let us you know let us do things right
0: mercy thank you so much for speaking with us
1: thank you Stephen. thank you for the opportunity
0: Oh, not at all. Mercy Jumo from World Vision Australia. She's the uh, Senior Policy Advisor for Child Rights for World Vision, which is a Christian agency that works uh, as, as Christians, works for the welfare of the world's children and the world's poor and the world's disadvantaged and those needing justice um, and uh, brings, uh, brings relief everywhere, including here in Australia. We sometimes think of World Vision as an international organisation. It certainly is that. Um, but World Vision also has a a role here in Australia speaking about things such as child rights and Mercy Jumo is a very capable advocate. Here's what um, one young Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander interviewed by that panel that compiled the report for UNICEF. Here's what they said. When Australia was invaded, they cut off the land, which was food resources. Then they cut off family. Then they cut off culture. Connection and spirituality, and then what do you have left? like you've got nothing, so how do you bring that back? You bring that back by listening to what we say. We know what works for us. yes, there's a profound disconnect isn't there we're just it's just not getting any better, and uh, listening is a great way to start rather than telling um, and I, I've been thinking a lot about Tony Abbott being the Aboriginal envoy uh, this this thing of giving. Ex Prime Minister's jobs to keep them out of the way is not really working, I think. And a lot of Aboriginal people um, seem to be quite upset that Tony Abbott has returned to that role. And they do say, amongst other things, that his, his views on uh, what Aboriginal people need are outdated um, and come from a different place from there. Discover more Open House podcasts at au.